I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome along to the Short Ball, the Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty and Mills joining you. It's the 25th of July. Mills, it's semi-final week. You've been here before. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times. A couple of times. It's exciting. Oh. Don't you get excited by semi-final week? Before we get into the semi-finals today, of course, the Crusaders taking on the Hurricanes and the Lions hosting the Waratahs. Uh, let's just discuss raw plant smoothies for a second. I've oh, just had yeah. a raw plant smoothie. Mm. Is the whole idea of health food these days to taste like coconut? Yeah, it is like that. Is that isn't it? That's everything, right? Everything in the world that's good for you now tastes like coconut. Yeah, actually, I've just had coconut yogurt. Now those squeezy things is actually for Mackenzie, but I sort of you stole that. What you stole your baby's food? Yeah, well, it's not baby. Oh, well, it's coconut. It's, it's coconut. It's coconut. But it's his food. You stole the baby's food. I needed something dairy, but then I felt like, oh, I'll try this little thing out because the non dairy option. Yeah. What are you making your kid non dairy? No, because Joe reckons he's not ready for it yet. He's Not ready for what? Dairy? Ten, yeah, ten and a half months. I don't know. But it's, mate, if you're in the islands, you just got whatever you got. Cabin bread. Changes, eh? It's Croatia. Mm. Cabin bread, yes. Yeah. Cabin bread. You like the you, cabin you bread? You break it all up it's and put it in your, your cup of tea. That's it. That's how we roll in the what? islands. But I, see, I've just had one of those tank juices. I know the listeners will know what I'm talking about. You just, you just suddenly felt like you needed some vegetables in mm. your life and fruit and vegetables. And I had one of those tank juices and... There's kale and shit in there, but it just tastes like coconut. Did That's you it. did you have the um the shot of New Zest um good green stuff in it? Yeah. Good stuff. Is it? Do you I feel don't better? No, not really. Oh. But do you feel better after having raw No, I just taste like coconut. <laughs> That's all it is. Which is the exact same taste you'd get if you if you lick the old tropic sunscreen. Like oh, basically yes. Yes. Everything now tastes like sunscreen from Latin, the 80s. Latin, Latin, coconut. Remember the, co- the coconut, tropic, banana boat, yeah. whatever it is? That's, yep. So that is now everyone's plant-based diet. That's go-to diet. as well, because banana boat's gone out the window. It's gone. It's gone. We can't even find coconut, because during summer, it's the same thing. Look, where's that coconut? Where's the coconut? Where's the coconut sunscreen? Like, here's the coconut in front of you, mate. <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> Can't say that in the current climate. Mm. Uh, now, um, I just needed to get that out of my system. Although, given how much well, kale and coconut was in there, it's going to come through my system at some stage. Damn good. Can Thanks, I, mate. Can me join you, mate? I've I've never known a man that looks so good in denim. Double as, denim today, as you do. Yeah, yeah. I love rocking oh, the double denim. Producer Ellis is wearing the denim jacket. Oh, she is too. Yeah. Producer Ellis, how much denim is too much denim? Can you triple I, denim? 
You can triple denim. I don't think any denim is enough denim. Mm. You're because you're a big fan of the denim jacket. I'm a big fan of the denim jacket. Uh, blue denim jeans. Mm-hmm. Just uh, get creative. Denim yeah. belt. Get a denim headband. Yeah, because I, I, I mean I've got a denim jacket as well, but I just I, I'm not Canadian. I don't have <laughs> what it takes to go the full Canadian tux. I've got a bit of uh, yeah. You got I'm, a bit of Canadian. I don't. I can't roll. <laughs> I know not a bit of Canadian. No. <laughs> I would but, say a uh, quick tip if you wanted to pull off the denim shirt and mm-hmm. denim jacket, mm-hmm. just have like an undershirt and leave the denim shirt open. And you kind of double, so double denim. So let's just say way. like a black t shirt, yep. open, open denim, denim shirt, shirt then denim the jacket. denim jacket and the blue jeans. Yeah. And a lot of rolling going on on the jeans at the moment. You've rolled up, I noticed. Yep. Yep. So rolling. Sleeves roll and, sli- yep. and leg pants. You're a massive you've, roller. You've rolled up. Yeah. yeah, I've got my roll ups on. I look like I'm out of Shawshank today, actually. I'm the only guilty man in Shawshank. I'm Morgan Freeman. <laughs> we need to talk about some semi-finals on the short ball today. We start in Christchurch with the Crusaders hosting the Hurricanes. Get this. Here's a stat. Here is a stat for you. The Crusaders have been playing playoff games in Christchurch since 1998. Playoff games. Do you know how many they've lost? How many? None. None. <laughs> None. Zero. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> 98. They haven't Zero. lost a playoff game in Christchurch. Damn. What the hell? Since Alice was born. Since, since Alice was born. Yes. <laughs> that makes me so old. Uh-huh. 1998, they've been playing playoff games in Christchurch. Wow. They have never lost. The Hurricanes have played four playoff games against the Crusaders <laughs> in Christchurch and have never won one. Oh, gee. We talked about home advantage last week, Nelsie. Yeah. I wrote about it on Rugby Pass this week and how important it is. I mean, there is an indication of home advantage at its very best. I know it's not an exact science, but there's some fairly overwhelming evidence here that you just don't beat the Crusaders in Christchurch in a playoff game. Yeah, and it, it's a more, it's, it is a mental thing too, isn't it? I mean, you go down there and you know a side is so good they haven't lost since 98. Far out. They haven't lost any games, playoffs games down there. And all of a sudden you're rolling in the end. It's like, oh, gee, this is going to be, a, could be a hard task. It's like the Aussies going to Eden Park. Mm. I, I I honestly believe it's more mental than anything else. That Australia hasn't been able to beat New Zealand at Eden Park yeah, since, you almost, what, 1980-something? Yeah. I mean, you almost rock up and the home side, they know what's expected. They know that little bit of grass that's down at one end of the corner. They, and they're used to sort of preparing at home as well, which is, it, it goes a long way into playoff footy. So I wanted to, uh, let's just go on a tangent here and talk about the Eden Park factor because you guys as All Blacks were well aware of the record as well, right? Mm-hmm. Since 1994, no team has beaten the All Blacks at Eden Park. So did you guys prepare differently or did you assume some sort of uh, self-confidence from the fact that you knew it was a fortress? I, we didn't prepare any differently, but I think you, you just it's just that feeling. You know you're going in there for a little bit of confidence thinking, okay, well... That's, I suppose in some ways it's kind of like playing backyard footy when you're sort of one up, you're a little bit older than your younger brother and you think, yeah, you, there's no way you can get over it. All of a sudden you get a little sort of injury and you can't, you're hobbling around and they get a, they get a little wee sort of bit, bit of motivation to get up. Kind of like that. Probably I've got, bad I've example. Got, I've got no idea what that even means. I've, well, literally, <laughs> I've literally got no idea what you're talking about. Well, you just feel, you just feel better knowing that there's some deep doubt and the opposition. Oh, the doubt. Oh, the doubt. That's yeah. what you're talking about. Okay, the doubt. In a long-winded way. Sorry about that. Gee. I, was, I just thought you were going to extend that metaphor until it came back to a, a relevant point. But that's it. It's well, it is. Actually, Using I, I, the Hurricanes are going to doubt 
their ability down there, even though they were the last team to beat the Crusaders. I, I didn't say the Hurricanes would be would, would would do that. I'm just saying most teams. No, I'm trying to bring this chat back online <laughs> no, here. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'd say it's a it's a hard mentality to not be able to miss when you're going down there, and you know what a champion side of that Crusaders team. And can I just add? I, I know you've mentioned this a few times, and I just thought you're blowing smoke up the backside about you know talking to the reserves and that before the game and coaches and things like that. I experienced that for the first time down there and I was yeah. really taken back. I was thinking far out. It's um admittedly we're we're standing behind where they're warming up, but mm. just how calm everyone was. They mm. come up to you, Luke Romana come up and said, G'day, how's things going? Give you a chocolate chocolate fish. He, did. he loves um, pack he's got a pocket full of chocolate fish. Yeah, I was, that was yeah. the first thing he offered me and yeah. just talking as if they weren't playing and th th there was just no sense that they were tense, you know, um the coaches came out, Brad Moore, Razor, then um um Jeepers. Yes. Rog came out and just yes. like, you got nicknames, eh? He came out and you just have a genuine chat with them as if there's nothing going on, but they're so relaxed and I kind of thought about that and I think this is a team that's well prepared, do not need to be sort of uptight about um, the game at hand and it, it was just uh, it was it sort of seemed like um, it was just really weird I, I agree with that and that goes back to the point about home advantage right they're not walking out of the tunnel looking around well, looking for people in the stands wondering which way the wind's blowing checking mm. the conditions underfoot they know all that stuff so <laughs> no. they walk out they just straight into their work they walk back down the tunnel they're straight into their changing room they've done it a million times there's no distractions none out they come they know what they've got to do they're at home. They've arrived in the afternoon. There's no hotel rooms. There's no travel. Yeah. It is just business as usual. I Yeah, I agree with you on that point. But there is a calmness about what they were doing. Yeah, that's you know the funniest thing about that, <laughs> that old build-up to the Sharks game? Dynamo, the magician, was there, right? Razor Robertson's the head coach of the Crusaders. But this is like half an hour before mm. the game. And he's doing card tricks with Dynamo. Yeah. Who does that before a playoff game? Only Razor Ray could do that before a playoff game. And that's, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, when I first looked at that and had all the other players around there, Razor was there and, and the majority of the guys weren't playing. There were some guys that were playing. And I just couldn't believe it. I was Looking like, going, are, these, are these guys actually... It was. It, there wasn't an. Uh, they weren't arrogant about it. They were actually no, they were just excited having Dynamo on the field. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? The man's a freak. But they were so. Re it was so relaxed. It was almost like they've done the, all the work during the week. They, um, <gasps> the preparation is done, and now they, they can enjoy themselves. Yeah, I mean, back when I was playing, you, anyway, you've seen someone doing that. You'd be going, mate, he's not on the job. There's, there's an exactly. excuse. Exactly. You'd be dropped next week. There's exactly. an excuse. That's you it. Know, you dropped that first ball, mate. There's an excuse. You were talking to Dynamo. <laughs> See, I mean, but these guys just don't seem to, they just don't seem to have that problem. The one thing about both sides, the Hurricanes and the Crusaders last weekend, is their defence was outstanding. Mm. I was going through the stats of the two games they've played already this year. And we'll get to defence in a little bit on the short ball today, but, but I want to just talk about territory. I know it's an old-fashioned statistic, territory and possession stats. And we've gone deeper and deeper into the stat sheet now where you're talking about consecutive tackles and GPS and all the rest of it. But it's still an indication of where the, on the field the game is being played. Yeah. In that first game that the Hurricanes won in Wellington, they dominated territory in that game. Yeah. And in fact, I think uh, three quarters of the Crusaders' possession in that game was inside their own half. And I looked at that and I thought, that's interesting. And then I looked at the second game, which was played in terrible conditions mm. at AMI Stadium. And it was the exact reverse 
of the stats <laughs> in the first game. Which leads me to think that if if you're going to beat the Crusaders, you cannot let them ever get into your own half. No. Because there is no team that can cross the halfway line and almost inevitably end up scoring points against you like the Crusaders. Can. I, I know, and, and it amazed me because you know, there was a period there, um, particularly in the first half, when the Crusaders just did not have the ball. And I was thinking, mm. okay, if the Sharks, I mean, the Sharks, they, they didn't get it. They couldn't do anything, but perhaps it was because of the Crusaders' defence. Well, know. and the 20 drop balls didn't help them. Yeah, let's and be set piece and stuff. And so I was thinking, okay, this could really be the Sharks' opportunity to be able to score and then actually be right in the game. Because you go into half-time, 16, mm-hmm. what, 16, 16 7? 7? That's not bad, you know. That's not bad, but you've had a lot of pill and you're thinking, okay, we've hopefully tired out the Crusaders. You come out and you score a couple of times and you're right back in the game. That didn't happen. Um, so your team's... You know, when you look at the Crusaders and how they defend, they were winning the contact. And a lot was said after the game about how big those Sharks players were, and they were. But the contact that was won by the Crusaders and then being able to get back up on their feet and then do it time and time again was impressive. So when I look at the Hurricanes and how much in that first game, you know, against the Chiefs, how much possession they had, oh, they've got more strike weapons. Don't get don't get me wrong. But they've got to make. They've got to do more. More with it. Um, I was really I impressed totally with the defence, though, too. The, the Hurricanes. I, I found that there was a bit more steel in their defence. Yeah, there was. Been lacking the last few weeks. Yeah, there was, and they were great over the ball. And, and Gareth Evans certainly led the way at oh, number yeah. seven. It was huge. a big shift from him, which is going to be a great head to head this week. Gareth Evans taking on Matt Todd. Uh, you know, I think that is going to be one of the key and crucial matchups in the forward pack. So, I wanted to go back a little bit and, and think about how you break down the Crusaders based on that territory stat we talked about. The Sharks kicked nine times in that game. <laughs> that is low. Yeah, for them too. That, eh? For anyone Any team, in yeah. this competition, for anyone in this competition to go to Christchurch and say, I know we won't kick the ball at all. We'll just try and barge our way through that team. Between the 57th and 60th minutes of that game, the Crusaders withstood 24 phases of Sharks attack on their own 22-metre line before turning the ball over and kicking the Sharks back over the halfway line from where they barely emerged afterward. I don't know what goes through your mind when you come down to play the Crusaders and you don't have a good kicking game. You have to pin them inside their own red zone. Otherwise, they're just going to have their merry way with you. Yeah, and when you look at the quality that's coming, you know, and the the options that um, the Hurricanes will bring, they will bring a a bit more... Um, you know, kicking options with uh, Petanara and also the two Barrett boys. Um, so you, you're right. I mean, if, if, if you look at any other team that's gone down there, they've tried to hold on to the ball. It's almost like get, get it down there and hope or try and put pressure on the Crusaders to make a mistake and then build build pressure. And mm-hmm. oh, it's, it's a hard fun. one. You, but you fundamentally have to, have to play really basic old school rugby yeah. against them, don't you? And I'm I almost, mean, that, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. We can mm. complicate everything with pod setups and attack setups, but ultimately playing the Crusaders in their own half is the way to beat them. Yeah. And if you don't, you won't. You won't beat them. And I'm almost kind of thinking, Sumo, that perhaps you go down there and start drop kicking. You know, because the other thing too, if you you hold on to the ball and you try and build pressure and hope for a penalty, this Crusaders team is the, the most, well, they're the most um, disciplined team in the whole competition. So they don't give away penalties. So do you go down there, try and kick to the corners, um, hope they make you know and play the game down there, but also collect. Make sure you're collecting at the same time. But they'll be like every other New Zealand team, and the reason the Hurricanes have got themselves into penalty trouble this year, and so did the Chiefs, 
as the fact is they're happy to give away three points yeah. inside their red zone. But you have to be there to, to force that. Yeah. And that's the point I make. The Crusaders don't really give away a lot of penalties in their red zone because no one ever keeps them down there long enough. No. But the other th- interesting thing about that was just looking at the way they set up, they were happy to give the Sharks width in that game. They were, eh? And uh, they call it the fool's gold. Do you think they're going to be happy to give the Hurricanes width oh. in this game? Because the Hurricanes have some finishes. Um, and those finishes you're talking about, I, you know, last week I thought Ben Lamb was impressive in terms of looking for, for work. He actually came off his wing a few times. and But, you know, even Savia, he, he was good. He got a couple of intercepts. But then it sort of got his momentum going up. The, the Hurricanes, in my view, have probably been the best team in, 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 in terms of setting up set-piece play to isolate one-on-ones with their wingers. Uh, and that was evident earlier on in the competition when you get guys like Ben Lamb, you know, 10 or 20 metres 20 meters out, you know, he'll beat, you know, you're giving him an opportunity to beat someone one-on-one. Do the Crusaders look at that? They've got a great scrambling defence, phase play stuff, um, but... You know, are they trying to force? Will they try and force the Hurricanes to say, "Well, okay, there's the space, falls gold, as you say. You got to try and get it there." And mm. it's, it merely comes down to whether the Hurricanes are skillful enough to do that. You've also got George Bridge, who I think is one of the best defensive oh. wingers in the competition. Not just offensively, where he scored 15 tries, but also makes his tackles. His tackling percentage is impressive as well. Yep. So, those matchups are going to be interesting. Just <clears throat> that kale is repeating on me. <laughs> kale should not be ingested by human beings. This is what North Canterbury farmers feed their bulls. Kale. Kale. Oh, yeah. And somehow this has become part of the mainstream health diet of the universe. This is a dumb crop. This needs to go. This needs to be removed from smoothies that, for good. Oh, it's sour, too. It's Ugh. just disgusting. Well, mind you, when it's you really come back up. Not with me. coconut. No, with coconut. I can taste the kale. Mm-hmm. Might be a bit stuck between my teeth, actually. Uh, speaking of the bit between the teeth, uh, let's just have a think for a second about what the Hurricanes do now in midfield. Because. <laughs> We have talked about this so often on the pod, and I, I can't, I can't help but think Wes Wilson goes back to centre yeah. for this game, doesn't he? And Geordie goes back to fullback. I, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, I was surprised. Like I, I was surprised that he wasn't there against the the Chiefs because um, what they had no choice. I think Wilson wasn't ever going to be set and fully fledged, ready to go. But if he's on the bench, surely you'd say he's ready to go. No, I mean I was surprised. I was surprised. I thought if he's fit, he plays. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not coaching the Hurricanes. I'm with you. I, I think they've uh, they've got to get, get him out there. And, and if, he's, if he's okay, obviously he is because he played last week and move. Uh, they just seem more stable back there. You know, yes, I know they lost against the, the Chiefs, mm. but they seem, the, the two Barrett boys, as you've always mentioned, Sumo, they've just got this. They do. Like, don't they? I, they're, that's, uh, and if that is the case... Jack Goodhue, Ryan Crotty up against Laumapi and Hussen or Barrett, whichever it might be. What about that midfield clash? And wow. who wins and why? Wow. That's huge. Mm. I mean, how good was Crotty last week? But when you look at the other side and you've got Laumapi, mate, this has got, I don't know who wins. I mean, if I. Crotty got, bleeds. He does. He uh, will bleed in the game. He, he's. Uh, <laughs> He's a, he's been a lot more clinical, and when you almost think that you know Crotty isn't going to do something special, bang, he comes out. He does, he said, I think we spoke to him after the game. He said he just does his own job. He does his own job, and then all of a sudden, bang, he does something exceptionally well. Lomape. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Do you know why he does things exceptionally well? Because he is consistently underrated by opponents. True. Because Lamapi scares people because he's such a direct, mm. strong runner. Karate, I, I reckon people take Karate lightly. Yeah. The, the couple of busts he made in that game against the Sharks earlier in the match, that was every bit as powerful as any other midfielder <laughs> in the world Yeah, getting through those tackles. And he makes a shit ton of tackles himself. Uh, yeah, and not just um, not just covering tackles and things like that and sort of weak tackles. Those tackles that he's making are actually stopping players, you know, mm-hmm. slowing that ruck ball down. And you're right. Perhaps that is. I think he's 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 underestimated by a lot of his opponents. I'm I'm looking forward to that clash. That to me, I mean, it is massive. That that the two twelves going head to head. I mean, um, yeah, it's going to be huge. Go one inside. So I think we can all agree that Button Barrow perhaps got the points victory as a ten over Damien McKenzie last week, mm. just from an organisational yep. point of view. Yep. So Button Barrett now goes consecutive weeks against his two all-black understudies, for want of a better word. And Moanga was good last time. Mm-hmm. And as I said, terrible conditions. Is Barrett now in the groove where he's going, right, I've put one in the box. <laughs> next. Uh, he's next, right? Next. I just think he's, he is. He's coming back into some really good form after yeah. he got injured in that, that French test. Um, last week he, he was, um, I suppose, very sound in, in what he was doing and directing his players and that. And now he's got an opportunity to, to go down there. And, and he won't get it his own, all his own way because of the forward packs. You know, they, they, if I look at the forward pack, you know, there'll, there'll be moments where the Crusaders will, will, will probably get front foot ball. But the difference with Barrett is, you know, he sometimes doesn't need that, you know. And he's very, he's very smart in how he directs play and how he kicks and things like that. So now, I don't think he'll look at it as, as that, you know, put one away. I think for him, he'll be, he'll be wanting to continue his, his good form and making sure that he actually is, has got a, has, you know, has actually got a um, clear clutch on, on, on where his forwards are going. Because there's no... There's, it's right there. If his forwards go well, he's going to be exceptionally good. That's a rare nod to the forwards from you. That is a I've rare... I've got a real appreciation for them now. You I... have, since your retirement. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, before I... that, it was all, you know, strutting about the place, just saying, give me the ball. But now, <laughs> is this an admission <laughs> I, finally I mean... on the short ball today that the forwards are doing the majority of the work? No, I'm, I, just, I did. I, I've always had an appreciation for them, but I've just got this <laughs> utmost respect for what they do. You know, I think it's because of now, instead of doing backs moves, you look over. It's a maturity from you. Oh, it is a bit, eh? They're still, they're still, there's some clumsy, still clumsy ones, eh? Of course, there's oh, clumsy forwards. I don't know how many toes I've broken because you know a couple of them stood on my toes and that, mate. What are you doing near the breakdown? No, it was like ruck work. Well, exactly. 
Oh, that, that's 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 a question for the ex-coaches. What was I ever doing near the breakdown? Get out of there, man. That was a that was a subtle message from your teammates to beat it. <laughs> Just a little Just stomp a, on your oh, foot. Mate, they Get hurt out too. of here. Oh, yeah, I bet. I they hadn't got the prettiest toes. Eighteen mils in as well. The old eighteen mils. Twenty-one, probably. Millsy, we've got to go to Johannesburg. Well, we don't personally, but we do on the short ball today. Mm. Uh, the Lions are going to clean up the Tars, aren't they? Yeah. Like, murder them. Yeah. I know. I, I talked up the Tars last week. I said they're the smoky, right? We both agreed on that. Yeah, you did. I cannot see them going to Joburg and beating the Lions. I, yeah, I can't. I'm going to go back to what I mentioned before about that little brother thing, right? It's all, oh, this, this is the team. The Waratahs almost need something to go their way before they sort of get things going. I mean, Naholo getting Simba and all of a sudden they sparked up thinking, yeah, we've got an advantage, let's go. If you're in the fight with, with the Waratahs, they just can't seem to break away. And so there's that mentality, right? And long, oh, you get it, don't you? No, I'm, getting, I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm an... Yeah. I'm just saying it because I was that little brother that always got sort of doubt to when we were playing the back. <laughs> You've got some unresolved brother issues. You need to you need to go and sort that out. Yeah, I thought I've you sorted that way. out on Saturday. I've come, I've come a long way, I mate. I thought you sorted that out on Saturday. I did, I did. I, the thing is for me about the Lions, that they've scored more tries than the Tars, albeit only three more this year. <laughs> I was going around looking at the breakdown of their tries. They've scored 80 tries this year, the Lions, 44 of them off line out. 44 of their tries have come off lineouts. The Waratahs have scored 77 tries. 14 of their tries have come off lineout. So I think immediately you go, all right, pretty sure there's a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah. And then you look at kick returns. Lions have scored five kick return tries this year. Mm -hmm. The Waratahs, 19. Mm. So the Lions don't want to kick them the ball in field. And the Waratahs don't want to kick the ball out. <laughs> I just say put the kicking boots away and yeah. let's just go. Bull yeah. rush on. Last man standing. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? And Joburg and the with the sun on your bloody back. Why not? And uh, gee, that's a lot of tries. Forty four. Forty four line out tries. Gee, South African game hasn't changed. Are they all from drives or, or? Oh, predominantly? Oh, let's man. be honest. They love them all. Yeah, but as you say, I mean. You don't kick the the pill to the Waratahs in. They've got a killer back three, in particular Falau. Um Well, you uh, might want to kick it behind Dungeli Nairavoto because oh, yeah, that man yeah, turns yeah, yeah. about as quickly as a canard line. But <laughs> I'm just saying, you're not kicking it for Lau. No. Foley was really good coming down the stretch against the Highlanders as well. So him and Yankees are going to have a great battle to watch. But I just, the Lions... This I was writing last week on Rugby Pass. They just do what they do. Mm. They there's no shame in how the Lions play rugby. They no. don't give a they don't give a damn what you think about the style. They are just out there doing what comes naturally to them. How is Malcolm Marks the biggest ball runner in the Lions last week? What? Made more meters than anyone else in his team. And this He's is a, a team with Andreas Kutsia, Harold Forster, Kutsia, Gianchi. No, they're back. What? Please tell me. Oh, they're he's in not. there. No, he's not Please out. Please tell no. me he's not out. That would kill me. Courtsia makes some mean meters from the back. 100%. But Malcolm Marks is the biggest ball runner in your team last week. How good is Malcolm Marks? Oh, mate, I'm it, throwing it, it out there. We talked about him last year on the pod. I, mate, he is 
did see it, I reckon, the best rugby player in the world right now. But not only that, like, what about him over the ball? Far out. He's, he's like a pocket rocket. Yeah, like, his turnovers, his tackles, his ball carries. Franco Mostert what, nailing 23 blokes last week. Tackle, oh, that's, yeah. that's tackling, by the way. He didn't nail 23 blokes. That would, <laughs> that would be quite an effort from big Franco. Oh, yeah. Be against their will, too, I imagine. Oh, oh. I mean, man, Mark, I mean, Mark's, I mean, the game that sort of became off the bench was the Reds game this year when he just was just huge, huge for them. He just sort of got over the ball, his running game, and he's massive for them. So when you've got guys like that, a hooker running more meters than yeah. a fullback? Yeah, and by and large, the Lions didn't actually do a lot of running. They just let the Jags play all the rugby and, and then shut them out. Uh, you know, and the amazing thing about it was the Lions and the Crusaders played the same game of rugby. Yeah, yeah, you do all the work. Tackle. We'll tackle you. We'll turn the ball over. We'll take our opportunities. And before you know it, you've got 40 points on the board against you. Yeah. And that's the way it is. If you're a betting man right now, and I I mean, I mean this, the Waratahs are capable of winning in Johannesburg. Oh, yeah. I just don't think they will. Yeah. And I don't think they will because the Lions, again, with home advantage at altitude, with their best players back and fully fit and Mark's doing what Mark's does. <laughs> Uh, and the Waratahs with Michael Wells must be in doubt this week after being knocked into next yeah, year yeah. on the weekend. So you got a good hip there, didn't you? Oh, got savaged. So I just wonder whether they've got enough firepower yeah. at altitude against the Lions team that is so desperate to win a title. I mean, they're going to be aiming up on their third straight grand final. Yeah. Lost the last two. That's got to piss you off. So they'll, they'll be ready for them. And the Tars going all the way over there. It's a long way, isn't it? Yeah. It is a long way. And they'll be ruining that game against the Brumbies where they could have snagged themselves advantage in a semi-final, but yeah, we've been there, done that before. Crusaders, Hurricanes, Millsy, where are we going? Well, if you're a betting man, you'd say you'd say the Crusaders. Oh, I just think they're just so they're so clinical. I mean, but on the other side, you've got a team with some big weapons, and if they turn up collectively. They're about the only team that I, I could say could could um, could beat the the Crusaders. You know, otherwise you just you know anyone else they won't win. The Crusaders win, they'll be they'll win the comp, easy. So I don't know. But you're calling it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They win the semi final. They win the comp. Yeah. Oh mate, you you can't tell me the Waratahs or the Lions can get a, go to AMI Waratahs Stadium. Waratahs put 29 points on them at, at AMI Stadium. Or, okay, I know they next. conceded 31, but I mean that's not the point. Yeah. But I just can't. I can't see it. But Imagine the Waratahs being in another grand final in Christchurch, where they've lost two already. Oof. That would be horrible. Nice stuff. I'm with you, mate. I think the Lions win. I definitely think that. I think one grand finalist has pretty much picked itself by virtue of that home advantage. And the Crusaders, on history, are definitely the favourites. And I too would bet on them. I just think this game has got so many variables attached to it. It's. It's the more exciting of the two games for me, oh, for sure. Yeah. Easily. Easier than more excitable. Let's talk about the World Cup Sevens quickly on the oh, short board today. Yes. Millsy, should we get excited about that? Wow. Let's just discuss Kurt Baker <laughs> with his junk on the back of Trail Joseph's head in the changing room photo. Who puts his junk on the back of your head in a celebratory photo? And there's so much to think about here because ultimately he kind of just run up and jumped and sprung the surprise on it. That was set up. So Trail Joe's at some stage has had to bend down and let a man rest his junk on the back of his head while he lifted him back up on his shoulders. Or, or, and this is worse, someone's had to lift him up there 
by getting your hand underneath the, uh, an ass cheek each and putting him on the shoulders. Either oh. way, pesty Kurt Baker has got his C&B on the back of Trail <laughs> Joseph's head, holding the Sevens World Cup and giving it the thumbs up. <laughs> it, it is horrible. Oh. Have you ever put your junk no. on the back of another man's head? No. Have you ever put your C&B on someone's neck? No. I mean, he's he does it all the time, isn't it? After they always win. You've, you've seen the he does. Well, not on guys, but he's always posted naked. But that there, especially after a long day, he wouldn't have showered up. He reckons he showered. Did he? he oh, said he and showered. how many takes would they have taken? Because they've set everything else up. Because uh, um, who was it? Was looking at him. Oh, Andrew Newstub. Yes. Yeah, Newstub's looking at him. And so not only did he have to either climb or be lifted. Imagine how many photo takes they had to do to actually just. Well. And try, the thing about, about Trail is he's just sitting there as if this is just Norm. a, a normal day at the office. He is two thumbs up. He's like, I have got a pest on my neck. He is full nude. Like it's a hoodie. And this ain't no thing. I am living my best life. <laughs> you got to be excited about winning a World Cup. Don't get me wrong. But uh, wow-wee. That is something else. Who was better? Who wore it better? Not Kurt Baker nude. Who wore it better? The Black Ferns or the All Black Sevens? Oh, I mean, they both were exceptional, weren't they? Um, and uh, and especially given the Commonwealth Games as well, you know, backing that up and going over there and doing that. Women's, I mean, they set it all up, didn't they? Um, they were great throughout those two days that they played. And then you'd have to you'd have to say, you know, with um, the men beating Fiji and then progressing to the final. I, I was surprised that England, you know. Um, we're in the, the, the final. you got to know that when you beat Fiji in a playoff game in sevens, you're a dead set chance to win yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah. But I don't know what it is with Fiji and New Zealand when it comes to playoffs in these big events. They, uh, something goes missing. Happened does, in eh? Commonwealth Games. Yeah. It's happened now in World Cups. I don't know. There's a bit of a bogey going on. What I did laugh about <laughs> was Clark Laidlaw, the coach of uh, the All Black Sevens team, coming back and crediting uh, centralising the programme. Uh, with uh, the results. And I did think back, and um, I, I wrote Sir Gordon Titchen's biography last year, and uh, one of the things he had asked for for years was to centralise the programme, and, and he'd been turned down. And oh. so they've centralised the programme, and now they've got a team that is back-to-back -back world champions. So you got one coach they couldn't wait to get rid of because he was a pain in the ass, and they wouldn't give him what he wanted. And uh, he won a World Cup, and you got another one who's... Got, got basically got, what the old one what the old of. one wanted, and unbelievable. Which is fine. I mean, you know, just it's oh, good. I'm yeah. glad. I'm the centralised program works. It's got to work, and and it's got to be the way of the future. And now they've come up with this ignite seven. Yes, a way that. to go and uh, find athletes from other sports across the country. If you're netball right now, or touch rugby, or, or rugby league, or volleyball, or basketball, or any other sport for young people. Are you a little concerned about the profile that Sevens is gaining in New Zealand, especially for women? Because I would be. Oh, exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you. you. You would be concerned because all of a sudden the profile that Sevens has created, um, and especially now with the women's, you know, when you're looking at the netball uh, and the touch, and, and especially now there's a there's a way for you know young women to, to be Olympians Olympians and it's it's a profession to them now you know so it is you have to be concerned and sevens is probably the the, 
um, it's not easy, don't get me wrong. It's it's probably the easier transition to get into rather than 15s. Oh, you've lost it there, Sumo. I'm knocking over microphones here. Here's the thing, right? And and I don't mean to denigrate netball, um, but if, if you're a promising, athletic, powerful netballer and you think, where do you go professionally? Because here's a chance to go and play sevens. Now, I'm going to throw this out to you. You could go and play sevens on the World Series in Japan, in Canada, uh, in Sydney, Netherlands, uh, 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 yeah, in the Netherlands, or you could play netball in Palmerston North, uh, in Vicargo. Hey, 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 hey! I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh, in Malawi, <laughs> up in England, occasionally in Australia or in Jamaica. Wh- which is the more attractive proposition, Malawi or Canada? Invercargill, Canada? Or Invercargill. <laughs> mate, Canada, easy. Well, exa- that's exactly it. I'm, an, what I'm saying to you is it's a genuine international tour. You get on that program and you are seeing the world. You are seeing the world and you've got the chance to be an Olympic athlete. Netball is never going to be an Olympic sport. No. Ever. Never. Never. So if you want to reach the pinnacle sporting event in the world... Netball's not the sport to take you there. Yeah, I've, and and again, it's not. I've got no nothing, no grudge with netball, but rugby sevens is starting to become such a compelling sport for young people. Yeah, as a way to find a, a real, genuine global sporting life. Huge. And when you think about, it, I think the Central Pulse are going to host the finals in Wellington. You, you compare that if you're a netball aspiring netballer to watching the sevens in San Francisco at oh, AT and T oh, Park. What about it? And, you're, so, and there's wow. no netball scholarships to American colleges for netball or for touch rugby or for a, a lot of other sports in this Man. country. But sevens rugby is yeah. a growing university sport in the States. So you've got all that other yeah. side of the equation as well. 95,000 people went to watch that World Cup at a baseball field. I mean, <laughs> for fuck's sake, are you serious? <laughs> I mean, America, God bless you. Oh, and yeah. it is growing and it is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. And now Ignite Seven saying, "Yeah, come on down. Doesn't matter what you play, we'll take you." And you, and you don't have to be in this lawn country, bowlers right? turning up. There's going to be pole vaulters turning up. That's it. Lawn bowls. What? Hey, I actually you can now. be athletic and play lawn bowls. You can actually. I seen Grizz Wiley down. He's 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 and there's some sort of 2020 sort of format in lawn bowls down happening down in Christchurch and there because um, I, I read something about Grizz Wiley. The Grizz is he bowling? He's bowling, mate. I wouldn't have picked Grizz as a seed roller. Yeah, he's bowling. Really? Mm. Lawn bowls. Now, there's a sport we can get behind, but we'll have to cover that off next week, Millsy. Crusaders-Lions final, is it? Oh, I reckon. Oh, hey, no, 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 no. <laughs> you're already, you're hey, in enough trouble. <laughs> we're in enough trouble with the Hurricanes, mate. So let's just backtrack, okay? I'm sitting right on the fence. No, no, hang on. We've got we to gotta send them a message because, because the Crusaders asked us to send them a good luck message. Yeah, they so did. Should we do that now? Yeah, we hang should. On, really. I'll just get closer. <clears throat> Hi there. I'm Scotty Stevenson, and this is Mills Muliaina. Last week, we were asked to give a message of support for the Crusaders. Neither of us realised that would then be broadcast over their public social channels. To you, the Hurricanes, we say, good luck. We know that you were upset with us. You know you questioned our loyalties. We have none. (laughs) He's a chief, and I've never played professional rugby. And he just likes Tunifars. I do like the Tunifars. Good luck. Good luck, Canes, and we're... I don't know why you came up with the idea about doing it nude. We're not never oh, ever going. Supposed nude. to be nude, sorry. Never. Ah. Get out of here.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.